As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. This is Brandon Marsh, the Los Angeles Angels and 66ers baseball. This is Joe Adele here with the Los Angeles Angels. I'm Tori Hunter Jr. You're listening to the Old Angels Podcast. What is going on, Angel fans? This is Dan Garcia, another episode of the All Angels Podcast. Um, and to tell you the truth, when I started putting this podcast together, I thought it was going to be something totally different. Um, obviously, the news is, the news that has come out the last couple of days with Tyrus Gag death and some news behind it has kind of changed the thought process of this podcast for this episode. Um, but I'm still going to play the William Bohr uh, interview I did earlier in the week. Um, he writes for MLB.com and MLBPipeline.com. It was a really cool discussion we had about some minor league guys down at the Arizona Fall League and some guys that aren't at the Arizona Fall League. Um, guys like Brandon Marsh, Joe Adele, you know, some of the household names. And he even said where he, when he thinks some of these guys will pop up with the Angels um, in the future. So that was a really good interview. So I am going to play it afterwards because of the news like I said, with the Tyler Skaggs information from the death. I, you know, I'll, I'll give you my for what it is, two cents of it uh, at the moment, because it does seem like something that's ever ever evolving. So, um, like I said, I, I, I'm going to play the William Bohr episode first, the interview first, um, so you can hear the stuff we talked about with the with the prospects. And he's down to Arizona Fall League, and it was just a really good conversation to have. But before we get to any of that, we can take a second out for my bookie. Um, I don't know about you guys, but. When you play, when you put bets down and you watch a game, it makes a game, I don't know, like 10, 15 times more exciting because it's like you have something to play for. But regardless, if you're someone that is betting for the first time, like myself, you know, maybe only done it a handful of times, or someone that's done it, you know, for a ex- uh, long time, uh, my bookie is definitely the place to do it. If you're a guy that likes to put down just a little but wants to win a lot, try a parlay. For instance, if you like a couple of big favorites in the week, parlays are the perfect because they let you bet multiple games together for a much bigger payout. So if you're going to bet this season, do the smart thing and go to mybookie.ag because no one gives you more ways to win with pro football, college football, the MLB playoffs in full swing, and both hockey and basketball uh, right around the corner. I think actually hockey's already started, but basketball's coming up really quickly. It is time to get off the sideline and get into the action. 
If you're ready, if you really want to support your team this season, don't just sit on the sidelines. Get into the game with mybookie.ag. And if you join now, mybookie will double your first deposit. Just use the promo code CHAIR to activate that offer. That's promo code CHAIR to double your cash. Again, you put in 500 bucks, 200 bucks. Guess what? They match it right away so you have more money to play with. Uh, again, use promo code CHAIR. Visit mybookie.ag today. You pay you win, you get paid. Again, promo code CHAIR. Okay, I can't emphasize that enough. Promo code CHAIR. Double your cash. So like I said, here is my interview with MLB Pipelines and MLB.com's William Bohr. The next guest now on the All Angels podcast is William Bohr. He writes for MLB.com and MLBPipeline.com. He's here to discuss uh, the Angels farm system. Thank you, William, for uh, joining me today. No problem. Uh, happy to happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Now, before we get into any kind of individual uh, prospect the Angels have, I want to talk a little bit about the farm system in general, kind of where it was, you know, maybe five, six years ago toward the bottom of a lot of rankings till now um, being really kind of in the middle, but being respectable uh system you know how hard is that for a team to build the way the angels had through the draft not really trading off a lot of players to restock their system yeah it's it's definitely hard and also to do it that to do it with that approach is just slower um i'm not saying one approach is right one approach is wrong but just you know if you're going to the draft you only get so many picks every year especially you know high-end ones obviously if you get a steal in a later round, 10th and beyond, that's great. But, you know, you only get so many picks in the first seven or so rounds, and then you got to hope they pan out, and then you got to wait for them to develop. Um, it certainly works. It certainly can be done, as the Angels have been done. You just have to be patient. And I think now you're starting to, you're starting to kind of see the fruits of that labor and kind of see that patience pay off. And I think the Angels definitely had a couple gambles to pay off or at least it looks like they're going to pay off when you got, you know, guys like Jordan Adams, Jemiah Jones, who were high ceiling guys who maybe, maybe still need a lot of work, but they're developing nicely and they're starting to look like some solid picks off the top there. Yeah. Talking about some of those guys, uh, I guess you can't really talk prospects and angels without talking about Joe Adele. You're actually down in the Arizona fall league right now. And, and Joe has just been, after a slow start, has absolutely been tearing it up. What about Joe has stood out to you seeing him in person? Yeah, I'm actually uh, headed there in a little bit, and I'm going to see him again tonight. But I think he, he just lives up to the expectations, which when you're a top 100 guy, uh, he's a top-rated prospect in the whole fall, fall league based on our rankings. We have you know number five overall, number one in the Angels system. And I think he was a guy that, you know, was drafted first round. You weren't, you, you knew he was good. There were some questions about his ability to hit, but he has uh, proved those wrong right away. Reached AAA this year, hit 289 throughout the year. And then the fall league, I think what's been impressive, one, that he's been able to do what he's done and kind of live up to the hype, but also the way he handled the adversity of the slow start. I don't have the numbers of his first few games in front of me, but I know at one point he was hitting like .05. I mean, he got off to a really brutal start the first week or so. Now his average is, you know, 277. 
which is pretty remarkable considering where he started. Uh, it's headed out to the Fall Stars game Saturday, and I'm looking up his splits. I mean, hits in nine of his past ten games, including a four-hit effort. Uh, he's just looked really well and he's really good, and he's really really turned things around. I'm excited to see him tonight uh, and then to see him play again in the Fall Stars game on Saturday. Now, for casual fans that you know might have heard about the Arizona Fall, but don't exactly know what it is, as a fan, what should we be looking for? Is there anything? I mean, obviously, the numbers are going to be what they are, and it's such a small sample size; you can't take too much out of that. But is there anything besides that that, as fans, they should be looking um, for when they look at their 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 guys at the Arizona Fall League? Well, I think it's important to understand why players are here. Um, some players are here to further development to maybe springboard them into a role uh, into maybe a spring training invite or possibly a spot on an opening day roster. Other players are here to make up for missed time, um, whether they missed time with injury during the regular season. Uh, someone like, you know, Joe Adele, who got off to a late start. Uh, so it's kind of like, hey, let's finish up the year since he only played 76 games in the minors this year, uh, get that closer to a hundred or so. Um, there's some pitchers who miss time. Uh, so it's trying to get some extra innings. So I think with those guys, if they're missing time, they are, they're, they're fresher in a sense than some of the other players. So they might perform a little better. Someone that played a full season, uh, is just trying to get some extra bats. Maybe they're working on one specific thing. Uh, sometimes pitchers come out here. And it's like, hey, we really need you to work on your curveball. So they're going to throw, you know, way more curveballs in their outings than they normally would, which means they might not, they might get shelled if they're not locating it well. Um, or if the opponent realizes, hey, this guy's throwing 70% curveballs. Um, so it's important to figure out whether it's by reading reports or however you can, kind of figuring out what each player is here for and then looking at the numbers through that lens. If you look at them, you know, the way you evaluate regular season numbers, for some players that might work, but for a lot it's going to be misleading. Another another Angel player that's down there at the Fall League and is also a fall star is Brandon Marsh, another outfield um, prospect of the Angels. Second, you guys have him second overall in the Angels um, system. How close is he to breaking through to that top 100 in your eyes? He's pretty close. Um, he'll definitely, I'd have to look at, I'd have to like really look at the back end of that list and figure something out, but he's someone that could definitely be in consideration. Uh, he had a good, good year this year with, with mobile and double a, uh, 286 and seven homers. And he's, uh, he's definitely making, not making a name for himself is obviously, uh, people know who he is, but he's definitely making a strong impression so far out here. Um, he's hitting, I think, like 370 or something with Mesa. Uh, so he's definitely he he's definitely showing well. The fall the fall league usually has a lot of advanced competition, some good pitchers. So the fact that he is performing well against those arms is definitely a good sign. Uh, three hits last night, four game hitting streak. Um, he's definitely someone that is potentially raising his stock out here, depending on how he. So far, so good, but we've got, what, two and a half weeks left of the fall league season? 
Yeah, uh, folly happens. It almost seems like in a blink, it's it, it's over. But um, when you have two of these kind of top prospects, like the Angels do with Brandon and, and Joe, um, each individual. But when do you see their ETA to the Angels? I know a lot of people are talking about, or a lot of fans, I should say, are hoping that Joe breaks camp with the Angels next year. But in your opinion, where do you see Joe? Uh, you know, at the end of spring training, and maybe when do you see Brandon maybe making an appearance in the Angels uniform? I think they'll both be up next year. Um, as far as opening opening day, I think that's tough to see. Uh, I guess it could depend on, you know, how the roster shakes that and free agency and all that. But I also think, you know, whether teams on it or not, you know, there's a service time consideration. Um, do the Angels think they're ready to go from the outset next year and compete with the Astros and the A's? Um, or would they rather – get Adele some some extra time in the minors, uh, get some AAA experience, some more AAA experience under his belt. Um, I mean, the thing with Adele is, while he obviously had a good year, he's looking he's looking good out here. He's played like 25, 30-ish games at the AAA level. So I think realistically, it'd probably be good to get him a couple months with uh, Salt Lake. Uh, just, you know, see some more good pitching, refine his skills a little bit, and then you'll probably see him in Anaheim at some point throughout the year. I do think they'll both be there and debut next year, but I think I think opening day for either of them might be a bit of a reach. Another, I mean, the obvious, obvious, if anyone that follows the Angels, their, their weakness seems to be um, on the team and then kind of seeing the, in the overall depth of the farm system is their pitching um, a real name that keeps on popping up, I'm hearing from fans, is Chris Rodriguez. And obviously he's had injury issues. I think you guys have him at the, seven, the 15th angel in, in their top 30. Um, what do you know about Chris Rodriguez, and where do you think he can eventually, um, his ceiling can eventually be once he gets healthy and is able to start developing even more? Yeah, you you hit the nail on the head right there with the injuries. Uh, he's had He had a stress stress fracture in his back um, that required surgery. And then um, he's just had a couple issues. He missed all of 18. He had, it you know, kind of cropped up again this year. Uh, he's someone who, whose ceiling is exciting. Um, high school player, fourth round pick from the 2016 draft. Uh, he has good, solid four pitch mix. Um, the angels really like him. Fastball is his best pitch. Also, there's a slider and a curve, but it's the health thing. Um, when you have someone who's 21 and is having back issues, that's obviously not ideal. Uh, he is he's someone that I think there's a lot of expectations for, but we really need to see a full healthy season, um, you know, 20 or so starts before we really figure out who he is and what he could be. I mean, he made 14 starts in 2017, missed all of 18, three starts this year. So the fact that he's only thrown 77 innings uh, since he was drafted in 2016 is obviously less than ideal. He's only 21, so there's still some time. But for you to be able to properly identify anyone, you've got to see him actually get out on the mound and perform. Now, when you guys do these rankings, and obviously you're not the sole person at MLB Pipeline, but when you when they put out these these ratings of players, how 
how hard is it to know that this guy, you know, whether it's Chris or maybe it's a, another prospect, how hard is it for to know that this guy is really skilled, really capable of doing this, but something like injuries keeps on holding them back, but you know his 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 abilities there. How hard is it to like rank that kind of a player? Oh, well, yeah, it's definitely difficult. You've got to go off. I mean, a lot of work. Uh, I'm trying to think of who does our – I think – Jim Callis, Jonathan Mayo, Mike Rosenbaum do do our rankings. Um, I mean, a lot of work goes into these, whether it's talking to scouts, players, executives, uh, scouts of other teams, executives of other teams, people that saw them in college and or high school, depending on the player. Uh, so it's definitely tough when you've got a player like Rodriguez, especially removed, so far removed from high school. Uh, initially, you know, right when he's drafted, you got those scouting reports and you can kind of lean on him a year later. Uh, now he hasn't pitched a lot, but if those scouting reports from, you know, high school and from the draft and stuff are four years old, stuff has probably changed, but it might not have. And you don't really know because he hasn't pitched. So you kind of got to talk to people in and around the organization and kind of know, like, hey, in the limited maybe bullpen sessions he's thrown. How does this pitch look? He hasn't necessarily gotten him out in a minor league game, but, you know, he's played catch. Uh, how's his body developing? And you've really got to rely on other things and then kind of piece it together from there. Another guy that had caught my eye because his, his weight uh, this last season going from uh, single-A, double-A, and then finishing out of triple-A was Isaac Matson. I know he's down there in Arizona um, with Mesa. Um what have you seen from him and what do you like uh, from him? Yeah. He, um, pitchers are tough because not necessarily to evaluate anything, but with the fall league, you never know necessarily. You, you get the starters. You don't know who's necessarily throwing in the bullpen. You're going to different games and they're only throwing an inning or two. Um, I have seen Isaac. It looks like he's made five appearances. I've seen him once. Uh, the one time I saw him, he threw a scoreless inning and struck out too. So uh, clearly he's going to win like five Cy Young awards. Um, no, I mean, I can't, I can't give you a ton because uh, I've only seen him once. But just overall looking at the numbers uh, and knowing the kind of hitters he's faced, it looks like he's off to a good start here. Uh, five appearances, eight innings. He struck out nine over those eight innings, uh, so that's always good when you got there. Uh, just one one earned run, seven hits, uh, ERA at 1.1. 1. 1. Uh, so it looks it looks like he's throwing well. Uh, someone I, I don't have a ton on, I've only seen once, but uh, the numbers are definitely encouraging if you're an Angels fan. Who, what are the team's mindset when they send these guys down to the Fall League and, and – uh... I'm skipping on the name, but he just broke his, I believe, broke his thumb, the catcher from the Giants organization. Um, Joey Bart. Yeah, so when, when 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 teams send these guys down, and obviously these are all high-end prospects, is there like a fear of this? Is there always kind of a one eye, like, hey, make sure you kind of take care of our guys kind of deal from, from the managers that run these teams? Yeah, I mean, you can't, obviously you can't avoid injury, and it it happens, and there's a risk Anytime someone plays a game, heck, Joey Bart could have, if they hadn't sent him to the fall league, he could have got hurt lifting weights in the offseason. Uh, we understand that. But 
yeah, there's definitely a risk. And the, the, the fall league managers, so the manager of the Mesa Solar Sox, is definitely in contact, and they definitely have input from the Angels, the A's, the Cubs, et cetera, of when to use these pitchers, how many, how many innings, how many pitches, how many days off, um, you know, if they only want so-and-so, uh, you know, like la- last year in the fall league was when Jemiah Jones really started playing second base. Um, and obviously that was a director from the angels. It's not like the Mesa manager was like, Hey, you know what? We're going to try you at a new position. So there's a lot of, uh, yeah. So there's a lot of interaction and involvement from the big league organizations. And sometimes you see, I don't know if it'll be the case this year because they moved up the date of the fall league. But I know in past years, in like the final week of the season, we've had a couple of seven inning games because teams are just like, hey, uh, you know, big league club X isn't letting us use their pitchers anymore. And this team only lets this guy go four innings and whatever. We're out. So like the the big league teams definitely have a big say and they kind of do run the ship from afar. So last question I want to get you because you've been spending uh, plenty of time with us. I want to thank you for that again. Um, for fans that like us, we're based out of Southern California, so we're planning to take a trip out there you know, next weekend. And for other fans that, again, Arizona's not that far. We make the trip to spring training all the time. What are the, some of the benefits of going to like a fall league um, compared to maybe like a spring training? First of all, when you're out here, make sure to uh, reach out and say hi. Oh, definitely but, will. Um... Definitely will. <laughs> Sounds good. But the benefits are, one, it's cheaper. So that's, you know, the big benefit. Um, cheaper, a lot better access um, because the, the crowds are very sparse. Um, have you ever been? Not to Fall League. We've been to, um, like I said, we've been to uh, spring training uh, a handful of times. But this is like our second year doing this. So we've actually got to know a lot of these other, like, minor league players going through Inland Empire, so just to go and check them out and stuff like that. But this will be our first time at actual Fall League. Oh, okay, cool. So, yeah, the uh, it's, it's basically your mission. You buy a ticket for, I don't know what it is, eight, nine bucks, sit wherever you want. The fact that there's only, you know, 2,500 people at these you you can go sit up right behind home plate. If you go early, they have a autograph area for kids i think like 12 and under or 15 and under and a players always sign for them if you're over 15 you can you can still go try and get autographs players are usually pretty good about it and you don't have the giant crowd that you have at spring training um i it's just if you're actually into prospects it's really it's really great because it's because of how much access there is. Oh, the other thing is they play the whole game versus obviously in spring training. Joe, if you wanted to see Joe Adele, he might, you know, enter in the sixth when Mike Trout comes out or whatever. Right. Um, Here you're actually going to get nine innings of him, so you're going to get four at-bats. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, Um, that's definitely something to look forward to, yeah. Yeah, you get the full game. Um, I I just really like the low-key environment of it the fact that you know there's not a lot of people in the stands um the games aren't on tv or anything so it's got a really relaxed really intimate feel 
and then obviously, obviously price is a, uh, price is a big selling point too. All right, William, thank you very much for taking some time out and talking a little bit of the Angels uh, farm system. And if you want to follow William on Twitter, his Twitter handle is at B or W-B-O-O-R. Again, that's W-B-O-O-R on Twitter. Uh, thank you again and, and, and enjoy the time in Arizona. No problem. Thanks for having me, guys. Hope to uh, see you next week. Hey, what's up? Johnny Catfish here, ambassador for Groom Goon Beard and Body Care. Are you tired of your beard feeling rough and not so fresh? Do yourself a favor and do what I did and check out www.groomgoon.com. Groom Goon carries a variety of beard oils and beard and body soaps that will leave your beard feeling soft and smelling great all day long. Don't just take my word for it. Go check it out for yourself. Again, that's www.groomgoon.com. And at checkout, use discount code CATFISHTHEGOON, all one word, CATFISHTHEGOON, and receive 15% off your purchase. Why choose Groom Goon? Well, because your beard deserves it. Listen to my show, The Punk Corner, on KJ Epic Radio, every Thursday from 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. All right, I am back, and I'd like to thank William Bohr again for taking some time out and talking uh, about prospects. Really interesting to hear that I think Adele was kind of the obvious, like, hey, he's going to be up next year. But the fact that he thought at some point Brandon Marsh will also be up next year um, was pretty exciting for, I think, myself and a lot of Angel fans seeing these guys where um, you kind of meant, he kind of mentioned it inside the, the interview about the Arizona Fall League, like all-star game, the fall star game. Um, that happened a couple of days ago. Uh, both guys got uh, were in the game, so it was really cool to see those young guys get developed and uh, hopefully be able to produce with the Angels go moving forward. So, with that being said, moving on, and I kind of mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, there was some news that came out Saturday from, I believe it was uh, TJ Quinn of ESPN and uh, Outside the Lines about a certain uh, Angels employee Eric Kay, um, giving Tyler over the past years, uh, you know, the, uh, uh, prescription drugs and, and, and all that stuff. And now he's coming out and saying that he did tell the Angels organization that about this and um, they knew. And, and it just seems like a real big, um, real big mess right now. But from my perspective, kind of stepping back and looking at it right now, it is just I, I kind of like he said, she said, he said his part, like he said what he wanted to say or what he felt needed to be said, which is fine, which that's what an investigation is. But they are not going to just listen to one guy. They're going to keep on digging. Um, this definitely will not be the last news you hear of, of this investigation, unfortunately, I'm sure. Uh, whether it's next month, next week, you know, three months from now, I'm sure there'll be more news that comes out in this kind of ever-evolving kind of uh, news. Um, you know, uh, uh, Eric Hay said what he had to say. Now, 
you know, the angels put out a statement right after saying it. Um, you know, the names of like Tim Mead and some other guys were involved in it. And, and for people that have been following Angels Baseball for a long time, Tim Mead's been there forever. Um, it was really hard to believe what he said was true or if it wasn't true. Again, like I'm not here to say that he's lying or he's not. I just think it's it's a weird situation, hard situation because you don't know what to believe right now. Right now you have one guy's um, side of the story. You don't know if there's an other side or three sides to the story for that matter. The only one that will ever really know about who know what and when would be Tyler. And unfortunately he's not here to tell that side. So, um, you know, you hope that eventually that all the truth comes out, all the right people are held accountable for what had happened, you know, and, and to a certain point, we we were lucky enough to talk to Tyler before pre before spring training this last year and got to talk to him and got to actually conversate with him a little bit more even past that. Um, really good guy. was an awesome guy with us, always super friendly for us. But I think as fans, this shows that you may see a guy play baseball, play basketball, play football, play whatever sport every, every night for two, three hours, and you think you might have a, a sense of who this person is. But as fans, I believe we're always kind of, you know, kept at arm's length of these players you know you're never really going to know the truth then you're never going to really know the what they're dealing with when they go home you're not going to know what they're dealing with um when they're on the road you, you, as fans you, you can think you might know but I, I have a really strong feeling that you you won't um i don't you know whoever listens to this probably doesn't um and that's the scary part because you know you see something like this you want to know what happened and then whether or not you know, people you enjoy are responsible or not, you don't want to hear that. But at the end of the day, like I said, you really don't know some of these athletes like you think you do just because you watch them day in and day out. You might have an 80% picture of them. You might have a 75% picture of them, but you'll never have the full um, picture of who some of these athletes are. And that's unfortunate. Um, like I said, I, I can, I can, I just have a feeling that there's going to be more and more of this stuff that comes out. Um, as the story kind of keeps on going, more digging keeps on happening, and, and they probably interview more people, uh, you know. But again, like I said, the, the main result of this is trying to find the people responsible and help and hold them accountable for what happened. Um, you know, I don't think there's there's I don't think there's going to be one person that hey he's the one guy. I don't think there's going to be two people. I, you know, for something like this, I, I think there's going to be multiple people who are held responsible for this and. You know, Tyler might have some part of that, and, and that's unfortunate. But at the end of the day, you know, he might have a small portion. People that enabled him might have a small portion. I mean, there's little parts of of this that can go around that's not going to be on one solid person. It's not going to be on 100% on Eric K. It's not going to be 100% on Tyler. It's not going to be 100% on you know the staff if they knew. It's just it's not. It's, it's it goes around to a little bit of everybody, and that's unfortunate that you know. I, I just think, you know, someone could have said something and made it, this go away or brought it to light maybe a little bit quicker and, and not use a, not have a depth, net depth to do it. But, um, you know, and you see on Twitter, there's a lot of talk. Twitter is so crazy sometimes because you, you, sometimes you want to go and look on there and see what people say. And then sometimes, you know, you tell yourself you probably shouldn't because you're afraid of what you're going to come up with. And for everyone out there that's, that has been talking about the Angels organization as a whole, not being the best organization and not being fans anymore and this and that, listen, I, I understand it. It's frustrating. I, I, I completely get their side. But 
if you were to sit here and, and think that other people on other teams and, and, and other players on other teams aren't going through some kind of addiction like this, you know, obviously I, I don't know for sure, but if you just look at the pure numbers, if you look at the numbers societally, I mean, I'm talking about through the whole United States and, and, and opioid addiction, just through that, you don't think that's a little bit's going to run off into sports. I think you're absolutely crazy. I'm sure there's people that are struggling with it now. You just hope that something like this, the good that can come out of this is that now it's more in the forefront, more, um, people are more visual about it and people out there can get help before something like Tyler happens to them. But, um, you know, this is a bigger issue than just sports. This is something that happens, you know, all over the United States. So, again, to think that it happens all over the United States and it doesn't somehow leak into professional sports, I think, is is crazy. I think I think you have to be smarter than that to realize that there are probably people out there on on other teams, you know, on in other sports that have probably maybe had the same issues and, and and hopefully they're able to get some kind of help for it with with the death of Tyler and something good can come out of it. But again, uh, a very unfortunate uh, situation, a story that I believe will be continually evolving through the through the through the winter through the fall. Um, but you know, it, it sucks to talk about. But as the Angels podcast, it's it's news and. I kind of felt like I had to come on it and at least kind of give you my two cents. And, and it's it's just it's hard to sit here and point the finger at blame to any one person because, um, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff that's going on, not just with one person or two people. So it, it's unfortunate. Um, so with that being said, that will wrap up this episode of the All Angels podcast. Again, if you want to talk to us, uh, email us. DM us. We're at Halo underscore Haven on Twitter and on Instagram. Um, we have gotten some emails, so if you're listening to this and sent an email and I'm wondering why we're not answering it, I'm going to wait on those emails um, until we can get Johnny here when it's to the both of us. But we have gotten a couple, so keep them coming. Um, and if you have sent those, don't worry, we didn't forget you. They're still saved in in our email boxes, so um, they will be answered. We're just waiting to get both of us on there. So, but if you haven't sent one. Or, hell, if you want to send another one, go ahead and do that at allangelspodcast at gmail.com. Again, allangelspodcast at gmail.com. But until then, we will talk to you next time and enjoy the police season. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. 
Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be.